Hi, it's Bob Safian. You've been hearing me as the host of Rapid Response in this feed for a few years now with short newsy interviews alongside the deeper dives of Masters of Scale. Well, I'm excited to share that Rapid Response is expanding into its own feed. We'll be putting out shows twice a week, focusing on the urgent issues that business leaders are dealing with in real time. So search for Rapid Response in your podcast player and subscribe to make sure you get all our episodes. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, listeners, this is Jordan McLeod, executive producer of Masters of Scale. What you're about to hear is a conversation we had in 2020 with Stephen Colbert, host of the CBS Late Show. We spoke with Stephen as part of our episode with Charles Best, founder of the education nonprofit Donors Choose. We call this type of interview a cameo appearance, short but impactful. And in Stephen's case, totally hilarious. Previously, this uncut interview has only been available to Masters of Scale members, but we've decided to share it now with all of our listeners. Why? First, because it's the holidays and a perfect time to give to the charity organizations you care about. Donors Choose supports teachers and their classroom projects across the United States. It's a great place to do some end-of-year giving. And secondly, we've been releasing our complete uncut interviews with anchor guests for a while, but starting with Steven, we're now releasing our favorite uncut cameo interviews in the app. They can be found in the Masters of Scale Courses app, which you can download free in the App Store and the Google Play Store. We've had some unbelievable conversations with these cameo guests like LeVar Burton, Chris Paul, Code for America's Jen Palka, Will I Am of the Black Eyed Peas, and many, many more. Inside the app, you can listen free to hundreds of great episodes and clip your favorite moments into shareable videos. And when you become a Masters of Scale member, you'll also unlock a collection of highly curated courses designed to cultivate the entrepreneurial mindset. We have a seven-day free trial so you can get a taste before you commit. Download the Masters of Scale courses app to get started. Now, on to the show. This is very professional looking. It looks like I've just been given the nuclear football. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Microphone recorder, mic stand bass. Okay. Yeah, you just screw that doodad in and then uh, put the mic in it. That goes in there. That's right. Gotcha. There you go. Beautiful. That's it. That's the That's whole it. damn thing. That's the whole damn thing. And are we rolling? Yeah. Six, seven, eight. It's recording. Look at that. Put me in, coach. That was Stephen Colbert, comedian, writer, and host of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And what you're about to hear is our complete original interview, so you can experience it in full. I'm Reid Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, partner at Greylock, and your host. In each episode of the classic Masters of Scale, I prove a theory about scaling a company through the story of our guest. We originally talked to Stephen as part of our episode on the power of small goals, featuring Charles Best of Donors Choose. Now, you won't hear my voice in this conversation. Instead, you'll hear two of our executive producers, Jordan McLeod, who just helped Stephen set up our recording kit, and June Cohen, who conducts the interview. You might also hear some laughter from the rest of our team. Stephen joined the Donors Choose Board of Directors in 2009 and he's helped raise millions of dollars for the organization. But the story you're about to hear is how Stephen first got connected with Donors Choose. And it starts with his satirical run for President of the United States as host of the Colbert Rapport on Comedy Central. 
Many of you told us you'd love to hear the full interview, and now you can. We'll start the show in a moment, after a word from our premier brand partner, Capital One Business. I woke up in the middle of the night because I had this nightmare that we were front page news that we've done the stupidest mistake of our life by making this pivot. <laughs> That's Aparna Saran, Chief Marketing Officer for Capital One Business. And she's recalling a moment from her previous position at Capital One when she was heading up a team designing a new business card. We had just made the decision to go all in and sunset the prior version of the product, which was honestly the cash cow for our business. When we made that decision within a senior leadership meeting, as someone who had been on the journey to build this out for five plus years, it was really exciting. But by the time the weekend hit, I started to feel the responsibility and the pressure. We are taking this big bet on something that I've built. Perhaps you've been there. You've made a pivotal decision and then panic sets in. How would Aparna calm her butterflies and steer her team through this pivot? We'll find out later in the show. It's all part of the Refocus Playbook, a special series where Capital One Business highlights stories of business owners and leaders using one of Reed's theories of entrepreneurship. Today's Playbook Insight, have multiple plan Bs. All right, Stephen, we love laughing with you, but I should ask you some questions so we can stick roughly to our time we have with you. All right. All right. So, Stephen, it's 2007. You decided to run for president. Take us back to that moment and just tell us why you decided to run. I believe the first reason I decided to run was because I showed up in a poll. And in the poll, I was beating Joe Biden. I believe that it was the poll specifically coming up in South Carolina. And PPP, which often will just throw in like a cultural figure just for schnicks for sort of attention. And I think they're a little sort of a left-leaning polling organization as well. They said, uh, how about Stephen Colbert, South Carolina? And I got like 2.5% in the poll. And Joe Biden got like 1% in the poll. And we had already played several games on the show at that point. So this 2007, we've been on the air not quite two years because we started in October of 2005. And we'd already had a bridge named after me in Hungary, or tried to. We had, Ben and Jerry's launched an ice cream, you know, with my name on it. I, then I got in a competition with Willie Nelson with his ice cream, talking smack, and Richard Holbrook had to come in and negotiate a peace treaty. And, and I got into a fight with Sean Penn at one point about him talking with George Bush, and we had to have a game show that was moderated by the Poet Laureate of the United States because it was me complaining about his poetry and was, we had so held these different games. I went, well, of course, my character immediately sees that if he's on the political map, I mean, listen, he didn't choose this path. Destiny chose him and a polling company. And therefore, who am I to deny the American people, 2.5% of whom think I should be president of the United States? Well, let's respond to the call of a troubled nation and give them what they want. So- now, the network was not thrilled. They're like, no, look, you can't run for president. I'm like, well, we're, we're running for president. 
We're 100% artists. Stop me. Stop me. I mean, literally, there were several times over the years, and I'm not a screamer. I mean, you could I, I, you can go ask people like five times in 20 years of doing this have I like really lost my temper. But the Viacom lawyer got an earful for me when they said, well, look, ultimately, we're not going to allow you to run for president. And I'm like, oh, so I'm canceled? Is that what you're saying? Because I'm running for president because <laughs> you don't know anything about comedians if you think that you're going to stop me from doing something because you don't think I should. But I said it at a high volume, and there might have been a few salty words in there. So we do it. We decide to run. But for me, I was very interested in corporate money in politics. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to run for president and to be fully sponsored by a corporation. And we had already done inclusive sponsorship in the show. Like tonight's segment is brought to you by Triscuits or whatever. And then we would just talk trash about the product. But they would still get their product on the air. It was all great. So I said, let me find a corporation who will sponsor my presidential campaign. Because as far as I can tell, it's not actually illegal for them to do so. Like people think it's illegal, but is it really illegal? And so I said, uh, we wanted Doritos. We wanted to be the nacho cheese Doritos Stephen Colbert campaign for president. And it turned out there was some legal problems there. And it became the nacho cheese Dorito coverage of the Stephen Colbert run for president with your host, Stephen Colbert. So they were sponsoring my coverage of my own campaign for president. And so that's how we did it. That's how we got around those concerns. So we decided to do it. And, and I go down there and I hold a rally and I'm shaking hands and I'm doing all the things you do. I've got my little campaign team in the car running around. I'm pressing the flesh with local leaders and people want to give me money. And the one thing that our lawyers are saying, don't take more than $5,000 from anyone because then you're a federal election and then you will get in trouble. Like you, you personally, I'm like, well, I don't want that. I don't mind Viacom getting in trouble, but I'm important. And so Craig Newmark comes on the show, Craigslist. He comes on the show and he's a, a, I don't know if he was a board member of Donor Shoes at the time, but he was definitely very interested in it. And he said he'd like to make a donation to the campaign. We said, no, 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 you can't give me any money. And he goes, oh, no, no, not to you. I'd like to give it to an organization called Donors Choose. They're just starting in South Carolina because they weren't in every state and they were soon to start in South Carolina. So they're just starting in South Carolina. So I thought perhaps uh, people could make donations to Donors Choose in your name. And that would be a way of them showing their support without running afoul of federal guidelines. And I'm like, that's pretty great. So he made a pretty big donation on air. And then I don't know, we raised like a quarter of a million dollars or something for schools in South Carolina in the next month. And it was terribly exciting. And then I got to know much more about it. My friend Jonathan Alter turned out to be on the board. I had Charles Best on. I learned more about the organization. I thought it was fantastic. I love getting the letters back. So that spring, I mean, I had to drop out. I had to drop out eventually because the Democrats would not let me on the ballot. Someday someone will read the letter that I wrote the Democrats asking them for me to stay on the ballot. I couldn't sleep the night before they were voting about whether I could Will be on the ballot. Will you send that to us? No. <laughs> no, I won't send you that. It's too personal. There's nothing funny about it. It's actually very heartfelt because I was up all night going, well, everyone is raised in America with the idea that any child could grow up and be president of the United States, but not you, Stephen Colbert. The Democrats won't let you on the ballot. And I know it was just a joke, but it still felt bad. And so the Democrats kicked me off. 
I mean, the other candidates basically got together and muscled the Democrats in South Carolina to not allow me to be on the ballot. But that spring, when it came down to just Mrs. Clinton and Mr. Obama, and Pennsylvania was going to settle it. That was going to be the big thing. Pennsylvania is going to settle it. I don't know if you remember that. And it, it didn't, of course, but it's all going to come down to a big battle in, in Pennsylvania. We took the show to Philadelphia and we had people donate to Donors Choose, either in the name of uh, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, or John McCain. And all the letters that the children sent to us, because you get letters from the children whose projects you fund, we said, don't send us letters, send us drawings of the candidate for whom the donation was made. And our set in Philadelphia was just covered with all these children's drawings. They were just absolutely beautiful. And Mrs. Obama, when she was on, before she was the first lady, she was on one of those shows, and I gave her a framed copy of one of those. And just one of the most beautiful drawings of the president I've ever seen by just a you know an eight-year-old girl from somewhere in Pennsylvania. So that's the first thing we did was that campaign year, first running and then Pennsylvania. And by the way, both in Pennsylvania, Obama's people smoked everybody else. Totally. I do remember. Was that too long of an answer? Sorry. We'll be back in a moment. After a word from our premier brand partner, Capital One Business. There was panic that set in that night because I didn't want to let people down. We're back with Aparna Saran of Capital One Business. She was recalling the time she woke up in a cold sweat, terrified that the new product she had been working on might fail. So the next morning, she sat down and wrote an email. It was Sunday morning and I said, you know what, I'm going to just like share this with my peers It was very emotional. It was like sort of a cry for help. Aparna realized that if the new product didn't take off, she needed a plan B, preferably multiple plan Bs. I'm inviting them to be the thought partners so that we are mitigating as much risk as possible and we have contingency plans in place as we make this move. You write something like this and your heart is pounding, should I send this? It was a super vulnerable moment for me. But then I was like, I'm going to just send this. Like, what's the worst that will happen? It can't be worse than being on the front page of the newspaper. So she held her breath and hit send. What happened next would surprise even her. We'll hear about that later in the show. It's all part of Capital One Business's Spotlight on Business Leaders, following Reed's Refocus Playbook. We're back with our special bonus interview with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying the episode, why not share it? Just tap the share button in your podcast app. And to hear more complete interviews like this one, become a Masterscale member at masterscale.com slash membership. All right, back to the interview. Can I give you one more data point about running for president of the Doritos run for president? Is that we also found out from our lawyers that you can't eat any free Doritos products given to you on air because that would constitute a corporate donation to the candidate. So I had a bag of Doritos that I bought and a bag of Doritos that had been given me by the company. And I said, I can eat these, but I can't eat these. And I put them below the desk. And then I shuffled them back and forth and brought them back up and started eating one of the bags. (laughs) Daring anyone to sue me because there's no way to prove which one I was doing. It was such a delightful, one of the great joys of that show was that we didn't do anything fake. 
I was fake, but everything I did had to be real. I had to really run for president. I had to really testify before Congress. We had to really hold a rally. We had to really file for Federal Election Commission to grant me a super PAC. Everything had to be real because we wanted to take the things that are assumed to be okay when you don't think about them because they're below the counter and put them on top of the counter and say, does it still look okay when you see it happening? Which is why you win Peabody's. I guess so. It was brilliant. (laughs) I guess so. All right. So, Stephen, let me ask you one or two more questions just to kind of follow up on a couple of things you said. So Donors Choose comes to you. They come to you. I've forgotten that it was in the form of Craig Newmark, but they come to you and they perceived, as Charles recollected, who is, of course, a great fan, he recollects that you had a challenge that they were filling, that you wanted people to support your candidacy, but you didn't want or couldn't want to take actual money from actual fans for a parody campaign. And so his perception is they were helping to solve a problem for you. Yes. Is that why you said yes? Yes. I mean, well, it wasn't so much that they were helping me solve a problem, is that they were engaging in this satirical, benign game. They became players in the scene. Every show, people would ask me like how we wrote the show or how I conceived of the character. I said, oh, it's all a scene. I'm not a talk show host, I'm an actor. I mean, now I'm a talk show host, but I'm an actor. And what I was doing was a scene with the audience and the audience is the other player and they wanted to improvise with me. And so the audience donated to my campaign was accepting my initiation and then yes-anding it. And then I had to deal with their initiation, which was actual cash. And then Charles and Donors Choose comes in to say, here, here's our acceptance of your audience's initiation. We're going to add this to the scene, which is a very sort of positive, benevolent way for them to engage in your game that is good for the people of South Carolina and is, in a strange way, kind of the thing a politician might do, which is engage with an educational organization. So what I loved about them was their understanding of how they could engage in it in a positive way that had real impact in the world, yet lived in the fantasy world of the character as a positive action that would also fit with his ego. And so I just loved their 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 playfulness was actually an excellent tool to do something good in their mission. I love that, that it was actually a beautiful collaborative act of improv. Yes. Yeah, exactly. One last question, Stephen, because mm-hmm. I know we're a bit over. Sure. So that one first engagement with Donors Choose led to a much deeper engagement. In fact, you're now on the board. So what about that first specific engagement pulled you in for the next one and the next one? Well, I was actually, I was very moved by the letters I got from the children and from the teachers. And I saw the immediate and quantifiable difference it made for these people. I mean, the whole idea of Donors Choose puts you and the people who you are helping directly in contact with each other. And I found that very powerful. And I think everybody on a certain level wants to do what they can or use their position in some way to help people who need any variety of things. And those letters from the children, the letters from the teachers made it very real for me. And I didn't want that to end. In fact, the next year when we took the show to Iraq, Charles said, hey, we're actually expanding to military bases. What if we gave money for military, very specific military bases? And so that was his understanding that we were doing something special, which would call for 
perhaps additional kind of actions by the audience, ways the audience wanted to participate in this adventure we were going on. And we raised a half a million dollars for military base projects. And then the year after that, when we were doing the rally on the mall, we raised another half a million dollars for Donors Choose to get people on Reddit saw that we played games with Donors Choose and someone from Reddit came to me and said, hey, if we raise a half a million dollars for Donors Choose, will you do an Ask Me Anything on Reddit before you go to the rally? And I literally did the Ask Me Anything on the train down to go to the rally because right before I started, they made it to a half a million dollars. And so what do you want more? A way to play your own game that does something good in the world and makes people happy and feel included in the art that you're creating? It had everything. And a lot of that came from the leadership of the organization that was willing to take a risk on us because satire has also always got a little bit of knife in its hand, but they understood where we were poking it and they were okay. That's so awesome, Stephen. I want to respect your time. You've given us an incredible story and such delight. Um, any last thing you want to share that you'd want people to know about Donors Choose or any last thoughts that, that you want to add? It's a great experience to give to it. Just do it, big or small. You don't have to pay for the whole project, some part of the project. You know, they all have the little status bars of how close they are to completing it. In your community, go look at the school you went to as a child. Go give to somebody in that classroom that was your homeroom. You know, give back to the child that you were. Go give yourself a hug as a child by giving to this child now, especially if you were somebody as a child who needed that hug. You can do it. Go help that child. Love. Thank you. Stephen Colbert, you give so much to so many with your comedy. Thank you. Thank you. What so do much. I do with this? I just put it back in the thing and, and throw it out the window? Yeah, you can just turn it off the same way you turned it back on, put it in the thing. And okay. Yeah, a pigeon will come by and pick it up. So thanks. <laughs> Bye. I'm Reed Hoffman. Thank you for listening. And now, a final word from our brand partner, Capital One Business. Throughout the day, text messages and emails kept pouring in. Whatever you need, just let us know. We're back one more time with Aparna Saran of Capital One Business. She was telling us about a Sunday morning email she fired off in a moment of panic. Minutes later, her inbox was overflowing. And the support she found wasn't just emotional, it was practical. We talked about detailed contingency plans and we created our go-to-market strategy. Before we are in full rollout mode, we had stage gates so that we could test and quickly learn and iterate. And within a matter of like six months, as we were rolling things out channel by channel, those stage gates would allow us to pivot if we saw something that we didn't like. That day, Aparna learned a lesson that stayed with her. Having multiple plan Bs doesn't just expand your options. It gives you new opportunities. The best way to pivot is actually open doors for thoughtful conversations because humility in knowing that you actually don't know everything as well as the empathy in knowing that disruption is always drastic and abrupt helps you go through that pivot with other people in a very different way. Capital One Business is proud to support entrepreneurs and leaders working to scale their impact from Fortune 500s to first-time business owners. For more resources to help drive your business forward, visit CapitalOne.com slash Business Hub. That's CapitalOne.com slash Business Hub. Masters of Scale is a Wait What original. Our executive producers are June Cohen, Darren Triff, and Jordan McLeod. 
Our head of content and production is Lori Hoffman. Our producers are Adam Skuse, Catherine Clark Bray, Alex Morris, Tucker Ligurski, and Chris Gautier. Our editor-at-large is Bob Safian. Our music director is Ryan Holiday. Original music and sound design by Eduardo Rivera. Audio editing by Keith J. Nelson, Stephen Davies, Andrew Nolt, and Brad Worrell. Mixing and mastering by Baron Bastinelli. Special thanks to Chris Yeh, Elisa Schreiber, Aria Finger, Saida Sapieva, Greg Beato, Adam Heiner, Alfonso Bravo, Colin Howarth, Willem Krolls, Tim Cronin, Kelsey Capitano, Samuel Puta, Anna Pisano, Sarah Tarter, Leah Sermetis, Charlie Manessis, Chineme Azequena, Emily McManus, Hallie Bondi, and Sierra Black. Become a member of Masters of Scale to get access to a year's worth of courses and content on the Masters of Scale courses app. Find out more at mastersofscale.com slash membership.